and welcome back. You're tuned in to the HBCU Nation radio show, and I'm your host, Anthony Ray. So glad to have you join the broadcast today. You know, students all across the country on Thursday engaged in a blackout demonstration wearing black to denounce racism and support for protesters at Mizzou. And a lot of things have been happening. It's been an incredible week, and we're blessed to have with us joining us for this segment, our good friend, Eddie Francis. Eddie is an award-winning mass media professional and our go-to guy in all things PR and marketing. He publishes the blog PR and Marketing Higher Ed. He hosts the Eddie Francis podcast show, as well as the HBCU Lifestyle um, podcast. And he's also the author and presenter of the Black Greek Success Program, and he has posted a blog entitled Five Things College Students Can Learn from Concerned Students 1950. Wow. Hey, Eddie. Thanks for joining the broadcast. Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks a lot for having me, Anthony. I hope all is going well on your end. Well, interesting week. Wow, a lot of things happening across the campuses, all across the country. We're just seeing off the air a lot of things we're seeing now we hadn't seen since the 60s and 70s. Man, love the title of this blog, Five Things College Students Can Learn from Concerned Student 1950. Just to kind of set things up for those who are trying to still catch up with what's kind of happening at Mizzou and across the country, kind of lay things out. And then, let's, and then let's talk about um, these five things that um, we all can learn, if you will, um, from concerns since 1950. You know, um, as, as people have heard around the country, uh, you know, unfortunately there has been, um, now we're learning a wealth of racial tension at the University of Missouri. Um, and it, it all came to a head uh, last week when, honestly, when the football team decided that they were going to not participate in team activities um, until the president or the then president of the University of Missouri, uh, uh, Tim Wolf, uh, resigned. And so um, under pressure, he did so. And there has been some discussion in the black community about what was the real reason he resigned. You know, was it was it because of the racial tension or was it because of the football team? Well, I mean, anybody who understands the dynamics and the attraction of college athletics, especially football, at big universities, especially at an SEC university, mm-hmm. we all know that the football team statement was the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm-hmm. But this tension has been building for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes back to the 1950s when mm-hmm. the first few African-American students were admitted to the University of Missouri. And here we are in 2015, and they're just, you know, still, uh, there's still obviously or, or apparently there's still a lot of grief that black students have to deal with on that campus. And, um, you know, let's give credit also to Jonathan Butler, uh, the, the grad student who went on a hunger strike. You know, and what I like to remind people is that people work together to make this statement. You know, it wasn't just the football team. It wasn't just Jonathan Butler. You also had the Student Government Association president, who was a black student. You had students who, honestly, people may not know about this. Students went and disrupted the homecoming parade this year uh, Mm -hmm. to make a statement about uh, the lack of racial equality or the, the racial abuse on campus. 
So there have been students who have been speaking out for years, but I think um, what happened last week with the football team, that really, really put the nail in the coffin because they are the most high-profile students on that campus. Mm-hmm. Truth be told, wow. If you're just joining us, you're tuned in to the HBCU Nation radio show, and I'm your host, Anthony Ray. Glad to have you join the broadcast today. And joining us for this segment is our good friend, Eddie Francis. Eddie is our go-to guy in all matters PR and marketing. He's an award-winning mass media professional and communication consultant who's a former HBCU PR marketing director. He publishes the blog PR and Marketing in Higher Ed, and he hosts the Eddie Francis podcast show, as well as the HBCU Lifestyle Podcast. Eddie is also the author and presenter of the Black Greek Success Program, and he recently posted a blog entitled Five Things College Students Can Learn from Concerned Student 1950. Eddie, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Anthony. Yeah, busy week, crazy week, a lot of things happening all across uh, college campuses across the country. Very interesting. Some even would say that they think, Eddie, that we here in the HBCU community might be in a bit op- opportunistic. I've heard that with the whole situation. Right. And all of this. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, excuse me. Well, okay. And so uh, uh, how, how do you, what should we say in situations like that? Those of us who advocate and have as HBCUs always have. And someone says to us, hey, you guys are being a bit uh, opportunistic with this situation. Hmm. Interesting comment or remark. What say ye? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think, uh, I don't know if you remember, but you and I spoke, um, uh, I guess, uh, over a year ago about the yeah. situation that happened at the University of Michigan. Michigan, uh, when When being black at Michigan right. or being black at UM right. was a hashtag that, uh, or black at UM, I think, was a hashtag that was going around on social media. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Mm-hmm. I was of the opinion that if you're an HBCU, you definitely want to take advantage of this, and you definitely want to say exactly. that 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 we are uh, we are campuses of safe havens. Right. And I don't think I don't think at all, Anthony, that it is any coincidence that the enrollments at several HBCUs have increased this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any I don't think there's uh, there's any kind of uh, coincidence at all about that. I think that there. A lot of families that have said, listen, I understand that there are these colleges over there that appear on U.S. News and World Reports, and there are these colleges that are nice and and shiny and expensive, and they have big football programs. But I want you to go to a place, son, where you, as a young black man, I want you to go to a place where you are going to get treated like a person. Mm. You're going to an HBCU. I don't think there's any coincidence. I think that is kind of the reaction that's going on. Mm-hmm. Now, at the same time, mm-hmm. I don't want HBCU students to be fooled either into thinking that um, because they go to HBCUs, they mm-hmm. are shielded from racism and that they'll be able to just handle racism just because. Interesting. Because they're going to have to deal with a big, wide world once they graduate from their respective HBCUs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I, I definitely think that this is an opportunity mm-hmm. for HBCUs to go out and to step out and to stick their chest out and mm-hmm. to say, well, 
if your kids come to our campus, whether they are black, Hispanic, mm-hmm. Middle Eastern, Asian, mm-hmm. white, they're going to get treated like people. And if any of our students get out of pocket, we're going to handle those students right away. And we know that that's the way HBCUs tend to operate, especially when it comes to students' codes of conduct. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would definitely take advantage of it. If I were an HBCU, I wouldn't be shy about it at all. Mm-hmm. Interesting enough, this came in the uh, wake of the Gallup poll survey indicating that uh, HBCU graduates, 58% of them are, are satisfied with their college experience versus 27% of black graduates of PWIs. Yes, that Gallup, uh, that Gallup survey is, I, I mean, it really should be mother's milk to mm. HBCUs at this point. Mm. And here's the best thing about that Gallup survey. Right. We have, we have heard for years that HBCU alumni have said, I am happy with my alma mater. I love my alma mater. I love what I went through with my alma mater. No, we may not have the best alumni giving rate, but that doesn't change the fact that I am proud of where I went to school. Mm-hmm. We've heard uh, HBCU alumni say that for years. And for years, we've also seen that there are there are uh, black alumni from predominantly white institutions who have said, well, I've gone, I went to a better school than an HBCU. We've heard people say that. Mm-hmm. But when you put one side by side, the more authentic, positive response with student experience has always sounded like those who graduated from HBCUs. Hmm. Well, here we have Gallup coming out, and they're quantifying this information for people now. This hmm. is no longer some emotion that people can pick on and say, oh, okay, well, you're just happy because y'all had a nice homecoming and you saw the Greeks and, <laughs> you know, you got to do what you wanted to do on campus. Right. And, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, th- this is no longer some kind of fantasy. Right. This is this is information that has been captured in black mm. and white. Mm. And if you remember, last year, Anthony, mm. we had a discussion on this very show about a Gallup survey right. that talked about students getting the most out of their college experience mm-hmm. because they were happy there, That's not right. because it cost so much, right. not because it was a school that appeared as a highly ranked school, mm-hmm. but regardless of whether it was a community college, mm-hmm. a small liberal arts college, an right. HBCU, a minority serving institution, a right. women's institution. Mm-hmm. Th- this survey that we talked about last year yeah. foreshadowed this HBCU <laughs> survey. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it, it stood out there and said, happiness, success mm-hmm. is not about the name of your school. It's about the experience experience regardless mm. of the name of the school mm-hmm. absolutely interesting enough we say okay put things in perspective and go back over the last year or so we can go back and we watch this uh black lives matters movement to kind of morph into this black college movement what do you think Yeah, that's actually a unique way to put it, and and I think that's a great perspective that the Black Lives Movement has Mm -hmm. morphed into this. I mean, you know, think about it. We are going, you know, I I, I mean, I'm one of those people, I look at how things can be cyclical. Right. And so 
up until the the late sixties, the early seventies, you know, you, you just had all of these HBCUs that were just constantly producing these leaders, constantly. Well, a lot of predominantly white institutions got wise and they they just opened a floodgates for a lot of black students and some very talented black students, whether they were uh, athletically talented or whether they had high aptitude to go to universities. But then you had another movement, another huge HBCU movement that came in the 90s. Um, And so I think here we go again. We are another 20 years down the line. But this movement is different. And the reason I think that this movement is so much different is Black Lives Matter has really forced a lot of people, regardless of race, mm-hmm. it has really forced a lot of people mm-hmm. to think to themselves, man, you know, the mistreatment of African Americans in America, this is real. Mm. This isn't something they've been just making up for years and years. Right. This is really a problem. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, the Black Lives Matter is a, is a movement that has real legs. It mm. has substance. It has a firm foundation. Mm. It has evidence. It mm. has data. It has everything that you need to mm. get people to understand that African Americans really have had a difficult time socially in America at different times. Mm-hmm. And I think that what's happened, I really do believe that HBCUs have been experiencing enrollment increases partially because mm-hmm. of the Black Lives Matter movement. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if those enrollments continue to increase. And yeah. not to mention, mm-hmm. I think you have a lot of black millennials mm-hmm. who are so savvy about leadership. Right. And, and I think that they do such a good job of mm. putting substance over a cookie cutter uh, debt of success. You know, mm. millennials have a really good notion of what it means to have a meaningful life experience because mm. they want their jobs to mean something. They don't want to be just check collectors. Mm-hmm. Millennials are showing us that they have a very organic view of leadership. And I think that really, I think that really bodes well for HBCUs. Mm-hmm. If you're just joining us, you tune in to the HBCU Nation Radio Show, and I'm your host Anthony Ray. Glad to have you join the broadcast today. And joining us for this segment is our good friend Eddie Francis. Eddie's an award-winning mass media professional and communication consultant who is a former HBCU PR marketing director. He publishes the blog PR and Marketing in Higher Ed, and he hosts the Eddie Francis Podcast Show, as well as the HBCU Lifestyle Podcast. Eddie is also the author and presenter of the Black Greek Success Program, and we're talking about a blog that he recently posted entitled, Five Things College Students Can Learn from Concerned Student 1950. Eddie, welcome back to the show. Hey, Anthony. Thanks a lot for having me, brother. Let's get right to that. Let's talk about the five things that you lay out in turning the concerns to the 1950 movement. Let's talk about that on that you that you have pinned. What a wonderful blog! And and uh, where where did you post this one, Eddie? I post this one on a blog that I call "Here's What I Think." 
Okay. Um, and all, all, all folks have to do is go to my website, eddiefrancis.com, mm-hmm. and they'll see the title of the blog right there on the home page. Mm-hmm. You lay things out again. Five things college students can uh, learn from concerning student 1950. What a week this has been on campuses all across the, the country. Let's talk about again what you want folks to come away from when they read this. What's the first thing uh, students can learn, how you see it from concerning student 1950? Well, first of all, recognizing that what we're talking about here is not limited to race. Hmm. Um, And so I really think that HBCU students need to take a good look at concerned student 1950 because, let's be honest, as proud as students are of their HBCUs, as proud as alumni are of their HBCUs, uh, there are people who are very concerned as well with their alma maters and their campuses. So... Uh, you know, we, we saw that there were situations uh, a couple of months ago at Howard in which students felt the need to speak out about some things that they were not happy about. Mm-hmm. I def- and that doesn't mean that these students don't love Howard. As a matter of fact, they spoke out because they love Howard. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really important for HBCU students to take a look at these five things that I'm talking about right here and mm-hmm. to apply them to their campus experience. And the very first thing that I point out is for a student to understand that his campus is his home and education is his investment. Hmm. And they really, really need to think about this. I mean, here's the thing. Okay. Families pay a lot of money for this experience. Mm -hmm. And as a PR marketing director, that was one thing I would always remind administrators of. I would always tell them, listen, people are paying a lot of money for this experience. Mm-hmm. You've got to give them something good, mm-hmm. okay? You, you have to let them know that their investment is worth it. And mm-hmm. so with that being said, every student has a right to feel safe on his campus or her campus. Mm-hmm. Every student has a right to live in peace on mm-hmm. his or her campus. Mm-hmm. And also... It's very important for students to look at the money as being spent. I don't care if the student is on a full scholarship. That student earned that scholarship. Mm-hmm. And so that student needs to look at the money that's being spent as an investment on his or her future. Mm-hmm. So the, <clears throat> the thing is, is that every student has the right to attend whatever college he or, her, he or she wants to attend. And that is unless they just don't meet the qualifications to be admitted to that institution. But it's very important for students to think of college, number one, as an investment in education. And then number two, realize that that campus is his or her home for the next few years. Mm, mm, mm. That's awesome, Eddie. I, I like how you laid it all out to understand that the campus is your home the campus for the next few years and education is an investment. You go on to write a number two, college is a business and you're the customer. Take a moment. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we talked about this too before on the show in which I told you that there were times that I've spoken to professors who have said, no, no, you know, college isn't a business. This is a mission. Mm. Well, if you don't think it's a business, let's see what happens when your enrollment is cut by 50%. And then you tell me how much of a business it is not. College is Mm. a business. And it's like it's like I wrote in the blog. If college were not a business, the school wouldn't invest in marketing that makes the place look like a lot. Okay, it is definitely a business. 
Um, if it weren't a business, the, the place wouldn't be able to function at capacity if it lost the enrollment. If it weren't a business, then your institution wouldn't feel the need to compete with other institutions, especially the ones that have the same types of academic programs. So the thing is, is that administrators really need to understand that when students are unhappy with their experience, when they are unhappy customers, that is a threat to the institution. And administrators need to take that threat very, very seriously. Mm-hmm. So the thing that um, the thing that students need to understand is that they are customers and mm-hmm. they deserve to be treated like customers. Now, mm-hmm. if you have students who are saying things like, "Well, Eddie, you know, this school is the best in my field, and I, I guess I'm just going to have to be miserable," mm-hmm. listen. It may be the best school in your field, mm. but it's not the only school in your field. That's and let's let let's look at this from my aspect. I I, I am a talent acquisition professional. I'm mm. a recruiter. Right. I'm not sitting there looking through resumes, going, "Oh, this one went to FAMU. Yes, that one went to Tougaloo. No, please, that that is not mm. the way this is going. Right. The way this is going is I'm looking at your resume, and I want to get an idea of whether or not you learned anything at your institution, regardless of the name of the institution, regardless of the size of the institution. Mm. That's all I want to know. So as far as that school being the best in the field, Mm. well, that's even more reason for you to be treated like a customer. Because you're obviously investing a lot if Mm. the school is the best in its field. Mm. So be a customer. You get what you deserve, and you you ask for what you deserve. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I like how you go on with this. You, you make a great point there and you say the students are, whose voices are the loudest are the ones with seats at the table. Wow, Eddie, that, that's a very that's very major right there. Number one, your campus is your home and education is your investment. Secondly, college is a business and you are the customer. And your third point, five famous college students can learn from concerns in 1950 is the students whose voices are the loudest are the ones with seats at the table. Talk to me, Eddie. Yeah, I mean, one thing that students need to take note of is that the people who move the needle at the University of Missouri, number one, are the student athletes. Right. Why? Because the student athletes at the University of Missouri, namely the football team, they are very popular. And guess what, Anthony? Mm. They did what they did because they know how popular they are. Right. That's why they did it. Mm. The other thing is, and, and, and it's the black athletes. Right. The black athletes know the history. Right. They know the University of Missouri back in the day probably right. couldn't have competed with an HBCU. Sure. Okay. Right. So they know good and well how valuable their service to the University of Missouri is. Mm. The other thing, the, the Student Government Association president, Mm-hmm. Once again, leveraging his influence, mm-hmm. a grad student leveraging right. his influence. Mm-hmm. And students shouldn't look at this and, and turn their noses up and say, oh, so the only reason they got attention is because they were they, they were popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's life. That's how it goes. I mean, <laughs> if you are in Congress, if you're in Congress mm-hmm. and you want your university to get funding, mm-hmm. guess what? If you, as an alumnus of your institution, go to your state government as a congressperson and you are able to get your school more funding, you're going to do it. 
Mm. And that's what it means to have a seat at the table. Mm. So what students need to understand is mm. that when they want to move the needle, mm. they need to get students who are influential to work with them. Mm. Now, it doesn't mean that the influential students are the only ones who can get it done. Right. But the influential students are the ones who can get things done a little bit more quickly, and they can bring a little bit more attention to the situation. Mm. So learn to work with these students. It's a team effort and understand that someone is going to be the strategy person who's a background person and someone is going to be the voice and that's going to be the person who's going to be on your football team or the person who's Greek or the person who's an SGA. Those are the kinds of students that can be the voice of your movement. Five things college students can learn from concerns to the 1950 Eddie Francis and is an award-winning mass media professional and communication consultant who's a former HBCU PR marketing director. He publishes the blog PR and Marketing in Higher Ed, and he hosts the Eddie Francis Podcast Show, as well as the HBCU Lifestyle Podcast. Eddie is also the author and presenter of the Black Greek Success Program. You can learn more at eddiefrancis.com. Eddie, as always, thanks so much for all you do. I really appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot, Anthony. I appreciate it as always, my brother. God bless. Take care, man.